In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Celebrating today the birth of the Mother of God from the barren womb of Anna. Question that arose in one of the readings was uh, this, what is God's ultimate purpose? And how did her birth fulfill his eternal will? Pretty profound questions. <laughs> What's God's ultimate purpose for us? The answer was unification with God, being united to Christ, and our deification, becoming like him. So how does this feast fulfill his eternal will. First, let's take a look at um, the beautiful life of Joachim and Anna, barren and disgraced because of the barrenness, blessed by God to bear the Theotokos, and not the first to be barren and bare. Sarah bore Isaac and Hannah bore Samuel, but Anna bore the mother of God and had a grandson, Jesus Christ. Not too bad, huh? <laughs> Theotokos, grandson, Jesus Christ. I think she wins. So in this moment of being delivered from the disgrace of barrenness, we, in her birth, are delivered from the disgrace of our sinfulness. For without this feast, no other feast can follow. That's why we say this is the beginning of our salvation. Because without this one, none of them happen. We don't have the birth of Christ. We don't have uh, the presentation of the temple. We don't have the transfiguration. We don't have the crucifixion. We don't have the resurrection. So this feast is the beginning of our salvation. So we should all be very excited today. So let's take a look at the first of these uh, eternal wills. The unification with God. God was walked with man in the garden and in Man's disobedience, he needed to be restored and brought back to unification with God. Man was separate from God. The mother of God becomes this vehicle by which we will become unified again with Christ. <laughs> Let me read a couple of words from the hymns and the prophets. She is the fountain of life that gushes forth from the flint and rock in Exodus. She's the bush springing from the barren ground and burning with immaterial fire that cleanses and lightens our souls. She is the prophecy, she's prophesied as the mountain, the gate of heaven, the spiritual ladder. From out of thee was hewn a stone, not cut from the hand of men. And thou art the gate through which pass the Lord of wonders, the God of our fathers. And then these beautiful words from St. Sergius. She is the treasury of virginity, the rod of Aaron, 
springing from the root of Jesse, the preaching of the prophets, the offshoot of the righteous Joachim and Anna. She is born, and with her is the world become new again. She is the holy temple, the receiver of the Godhead, the instrument of virginity, the bridal chamber of the king, wherein was accomplished the marvelous mystery of the ineffable union of natures which come together in Christ. These are powerful hymns that kind of allow us to kind of step deeply into this mystery of the birth of the mother of God, which will then bring to us our salvation. She in this is, we see her in this is the door of kindness, door of truth. We're delivered, Eve was delivered from her pain, and Adam was delivered from the curse. And sorrow was brought to joy. Remember years ago, uh, years ago, maybe 30, someone came up to Mother Melania and asked her, how do you find joy? I will never forget the answer. She said, the only way I know to find true joy is through sorrow. I went, what? This is like, can't we just go get a hamburger somewhere and be happy? <laughs> no, that's not how true joy works. Joy has to be born of sorrow. If we think about this, what's the most fabulous, exciting feast we celebrate? Pascha. What happens before it? The crucifixion. There's so much sorrow in that holy week. And there's so much joy that follows it. It's a, it's a different kind of joy because it's born of sorrow. We, we need to understand that when we come to moments, if we're in moments like this now, or we come to moments like this, we need to step into them because that's where Christ is. He's in those deep moments and places of sorrow in our life. He, he sits there waiting for us to be with us, to comfort us to begin to turn that sorrow into spiritual joy. Don't lean away from sorrow, lean into sorrow. Because in sorrow, you will find joy. The mother of God did that, right? She had to lean into the sorrow of her son's uh, trial, her be his beating, his crucifixion, his death and his burial, <laughs> what did she get? Joy. She found joy in his resurrection. So let's understand that and how important it is to lean into those moments in our life that we can touch that beautiful joy that bubbles up from sorrow. She's called the lily among thorns. Man plunged into great error and shattered humanity. The first man from, was, was born from the virgin earth and recreation was from the virgin Mary. So in her we have hope. Hope. That's such an important virtue. It's not just a thing. It's not just a thought, right? It's, a, it's something born deep in us. Hope that God loves me. Hope that God is saving me. 
Hope that God is caring for me, guiding me. Hope that my sins are forgiven. Hope that there's a place for me in heaven. I've gone to go to prepare a place for you. Hope that I have been saved, right? That I'm being saved and that I will be saved. Hope. We need to, we need to chew on that. There should never be doubts in us. Hope overcomes those doubts. Hope always takes us above those things. So let's chew on hope. And now our deification, for our deification. In 2 Corinthians, St. Paul says, Behold, now is the day of our salvation. God has given us unity with Him in baptism, and now we're asked to live out that baptism, to respond to that baptism. How do I respond to this gift God's given to me? Do I hide it? Do I allow it to flourish and blossom? I want to read this beautiful uh, homily by St. just a paragraph of a homily. I don't read the homily. St. <laughs> Gregory Palamas. It's, this will answer the question, it's her birthday, and what gift are you going to give her? But you, O sacred audience, who listen to my words, my human flock, and the field in Christ, offer your exercise of virtues and your progress in them as a birthday gift to the Mother of God. Offer your exercises of virtues, your progress in them, as a birthday gift to the Mother of God. Your spiritual work. This is your birthday present to her. You came to church. Thanks be to God. Right? That's one thing. Good. We offer, her, we offer our spiritual struggle to her as a gift. Both men and women, elderly people, along with the younger ones, rich and poor, leaders and subjects, those of absolute every race, age, rank, profession, and branch of learning. Let none of you have a soul which is barren and without fruit. Let nobody be unloving or unreceptive to the spiritual seed that is Christ in us. May each of you eagerly accept the celestial seed, the word of salvation, and by your own efforts, bring it to perfection as a heavenly work and a fruit pleasing to God. St. Gregory. So we take our effort, we take this gift God has given us, we make the effort. And today we can give it to the Mother of God. Say, here's your gift. Here's your gift. My effort, even my simple effort. My simple prayer, you know, my, my effort to get up this morning and get here. <laughs> Good, thanks be to God, we did this. My effort, whatever it might be, that's an offering to her today. So, We understand that this life is a battle. This this struggle for virtues is a war. And it doesn't stop until we pass from this life to the next. It's constant. And unless we understand it's constant, we're going to stumble along the way. Even when we know it's constant, we're going to stumble a bit. So let me read these words from St. Theophan, very encouraging. If you encounter some worldly 
fascination and are tempted by it. It should say, when you encounter some worldly fascination or are tempted by it, set yourself in action to overcome it. Everyone who has, and uh, every time you come across a temptation, overcome it. Don't indulge yourself and succumb, and soon you'll, be, you'll become experienced. This is a great line. How does a warrior acquire skill? By often engaging the enemy. This is exciting. This is, we're at, we're at a, a war, and we've got the winner on our side. Christ has defeated the evil one. In Christ, we win. We can go out there by ourselves with our flimsy little weapons and be defeated all the time. But we go out there with Christ, the saints and the mother of God, there is victory after victory after victory. So we need to understand that we, take, we have to often engage the enemy. We're warriors. I was watching Transformers the other day. I love that movie. And my wife hates that movie. So she wasn't, she was either asleep or, at home, or not at home, one or two. But I love it. It's just, man, you just fire up. And, but, and the enemy is totally overcome. In a sense, that's us. We have all these weapons. We have love, peace, joy, uh, kindness. We have all these weapons that defeat the enemy. And we just put on that armor and we go out and fight often. And fight well. It's important to understand this. We are called to be warriors and spiritual warriors. So don't be afraid when these temptations come. Put on that armor of God and engage the enemy. And learn. Learn how you won. Learn what you did wrong when you lost. We're warriors here, beloved. It's not, and when we can get better and better at it. We can, be, we can get really good at it. But you have to often engage it. My encouragement. And so the last encouragement to me in terms of our deification is this. You know, when the Lord came to Mary and Martha, uh, Martha came to the Lord and said, Mary is not helping me. And the Lord said, but Mary's doing the, the more needful thing. She's praying. I just want to encourage you in this. We need to pray, and when we, are, when we finish praying, we need to pray more. Prayer is, St. Theophan says, if we're not successful at prayer, we won't be successful at anything. Prayer engages our life with Christ and Christ's life with us. It unites us to him and him to us. And we need to understand that that is where the war begins. That's where we will start the victory. In Christ, with Christ, pray, pray more. When you're done praying, pray more. <laughs> Funny, I'll tell this story, I've told it before. One lady comes to the priest, says, Father, I've got a big problem in my life. I've gone to the psychologist, I've gone to the book, I've gone to the library, I've gone to all my friends, I've gone to all these things, and the problem is not going away. And he said, 
to her, have you, have you started to pray? She says, oh, don't tell me it's come to that. We don't, that's not our, we normally don't go there first. We need to go there first and often and pray and pray and pray. Let God interact with the circumstance first. How many times do you run into an issue and it just rushes around in your head and all your thoughts about solution are up here? We need to take that concern and take it to God. So, may through her prayers, we gain a deeper relationship with Christ and unification with Him and become more like Him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.